And before I <coughs> give the instruction, as you can tell, I've been silent quite a bit <laughs> this morning. Before I, I kind of go into today's suggestions, um, just another reminder that if you feel like you've had enough input, if you feel like the, uh, there's enough to practice with already with what's been offered, then just feel free to let go of the content of what I'm saying. It's really, really okay. And to trust your own sense of what is needed and what is appropriate. And I know my voice isn't as beautiful as the, as the song of the birds, but we can just also treat it like that. It can be another type of practice of just sound happening. Don't need to relate to the content of it. And so this morning, I'd like to introduce the third of the immeasurables, which is mudita. I like the sound of, of it, mudita. And mudita is that natural quality of happiness or joy that we feel when something is going well. For someone, somewhere. Doesn't need to be this someone, but that natural quality of joy and happiness that something is going well. For someone, somewhere. And it's a Pali word that has so many translations, it has a lot of translations because. It's, it's, I guess there isn't really an equivalent in, in our languages. And so I'll just give some of them and, and just let them kind of drop in. Medita is translated as appreciative joy, sympathetic joy, empathetic joy, non-self-centered joy, or non-selfish joy. And also, it's sometimes translated as active delight. So a delight, and I see someone smiling. <laughs> I always smile when I hear that. A real alive kind of delight or joy in us. And hopefully, just listening to these different ways of translating or speaking about this quality, we're just starting to get a sense of it. And of course, the exploration in the practice is to really feel with anything, any of these teachings, what does it actually mean to me? How does it actually feel experientially to me? Not just as an idea, but as something that can kind of get my teeth into. <laughs> something that is embodied, something that's in me. And so I often use an example, a very simple example from my own past for this quality. Um, and I'll use it again. And so this is something that happened a few years ago when I was um, on a silent walk in the French countryside. 
and with about 140 other people. So we were walking in silence in an online, and it was very hot. It was end of July in France. It was really a very hot day. The sun was shining, and we'd been walking for about three hours already in the sun. It was really hot. It was really, really hot. <laughs> and we were walking into a, a town, a small town. And as we were walking into this town, we started passing houses. Um, and we were passing a house. It had, you know, it was all had a fence and hedges. I couldn't see into the garden. But as I was passing by, I could hear the sounds of people splashing in a swimming pool. <laughs> and because I was, you know, been walking in silence for three hours, I was in a very steady space. I could feel how the initial response was joy. <laughs> it was, ah, someone's cooling off. Even without the thought, just that initial joy at hearing the splashes and the sounds of the laughter and the, you know, we can imagine what it's like to jump into a swimming pool on a hot, hot, hot summer's day. And this is what we're opening to in Medita, and that's why it's really important to emphasize that it is naturally within us. You know, we don't need to meditate for years in order to, to have that. But it's just an experience that we often overlook. It's very immediate, it's very quick. And often what follows is the me, I, and mine coming in. So in that example, you know, we can imagine that what would come in was, oh, I wish I was in a swimming pool, or I wish I could jump in a swimming pool. And why have they got a swimming pool? I mean, I look at this house, bloody rich people, whatever. You know, we can... Imagine that that's, that's what would come and that is what we would normally be noticing. And we would think that's all that's happening. That sense of separation, that sense of they have, I haven't. I want, I need. So through the, the, the quietness, the steadiness and the turning of our attention, you know, the interest to find these moments, to connect to this natural arising of joy in us. We can find it. And when we find it, we can often stay with that also. Or when that natural arising of I, me, my mind happens, we know that's not everything that's happening. That's not everything. That's not all who we are. You know, there's, there is that other aspect. So that joy in another's joy. And we all know it in our lives. I think for most of us, it can be very clear and alive when we're around young children. I mean, I'm sure you know this experience. There can be a room full of people and one child. <laughs> and they're doing their thing. And everyone is focused on that joy that they're experiencing when they're, you know, whatever, smearing yogurt all over their face. So whatever it is they're doing, and we just, we look at them, <laughs> we see that aliveness, and we respond, you know, it's just a natural sharing. We don't even feel the, 
Maybe it's if, our, if it's our house, we're a bit worried about the mess. But, you know, that joy of seeing a child. So that's a really great example that we, we, I think we all have in our lives. And there's lots of other ones. And it's something we can open to over the days here and now, particularly today. You know, noticing maybe when we see someone else just kind of smiling to themselves. Like a very intimate moment. And we can just feel that response. Or I often have it when I look out and I see people doing walking meditation in the grounds and I just feel that. Ah, isn't that beautiful? Just so touched. And so even if the voice comes later of like, oh, they are such good meditators and I'm so terrible or whatever it is. Coming back or staying with that initial, ah, isn't that beautiful that that is happening in the world? You know, that is happening. Seeing someone making their cup of tea. There's so many opportunities to kind of bounce off each other here. And to really open to that, to these seemingly small moments you know, insignificant, seemingly insignificant things. But when we open to them, what happens to our heart, what happens to our sense of well-being? What happens to our sense of self? It becomes very quiet. Sometimes we would have to look very hard to find it in that space of spaciousness and wideness and non-differentiation between me and someone else. You don't need to know the person. In the example I gave with the walk in France, it didn't even need to see. It didn't even see, just the sounds. So it's that available to us. And so, traditionally, the emphasis of the practice, of Medita practice, is to really notice notice that and cultivate that joy in the joy of another. That's really the kind of the, the cultivation, the encouragement. Because of that widening that it allows or connects us to, that experience of not being limited by that narrow small sense that we have sometimes of just inhabiting this mind and body and being separate from everything else. And it really has the power to take us to that other way of being when there's not that sense of separation. We can really feel the shared the shared experience. The other 
great gift of Medita practice is that it addresses the negativity that is such a big part of our habits and our tendencies and our patterns. And that we feel so trapped in a lot of the time. The negativity in whatever way it shows itself. So Mudita can address that and it can address the suffering or the unhappiness that results from this negativity. And as Caroline was pointing to last night, we all experience these negative mind states and that's really important to remember also. We all experience them. That's why Dharma teachings offer us ways of working with them because they're a, a human event. So things like judgment, envy, and that wonderful comparing mind, comparing ourselves to someone else or comparing ourselves to ourselves on the previous retreat or on my 100th retreat, which will happen in maximum three years, where I will get enlightened, whatever it is. Comparing movement so strong in us. I think that the Buddha said once that it's one of the last things to go, that comparing mind, one of the last things that goes. So this cultivation of gladness, that's another word I love, gladness, active delight, joy, that is not dependent on just the pleasure that this body-mind experiences, can really change our relationship to aversion, to fear, to attachment. And it's not an easy practice. I'll I'll tell you a secret. It's often referred to as the most difficult of the Brahma-viharas to cultivate. I can't say it's my own experience, but it's often referred to as that. And I think a lot of it is because it kind of really takes on these very ingrained negative patterns that we have. And so it's difficult because we see them very clearly, and it's very challenging to hold that space and to believe in ourselves, to believe that that's not all that I am. So I I made a few points this morning that I find helpful to support me in doing this, you know, in doing this practice. And they also kind of connect to the RAIN practice that Caroline was, was offering last night. So the first one is actually seeing when I get stuck in an aversive mind state. So actually seeing, recognizing at first the R of RAIN. Recognizing, okay, this is judgment. This is jealousy. This is comparing mind. 
is. Just first step is to see, to recognize. And in that recognizing and seeing, the acceptance already has to come in. Because we need to see, and we need to pause. We need to kind of stay with it. And the acceptance really gives us a little bit of that, a little bit more breathing space, a little bit more space to be with that. And then understanding a little bit more how and why this is going on. And with this, some care, not getting too um, involved in a narrative, so not going too much into the story that there may be, but at the same time, having some openness to investigation with the acceptance and understanding, okay, this comes from that some kind of deep sense of lack or not enough that's there in me. Or from this deep longing for security that we all have. Let's be honest. That deep longing for security that we have. So it's, it's rooted in these things. And they're not bad. And it's rooted in that a lifetime's habit of searching for happiness externally. You know, that's what we know how to do. We look for happiness, we look for security in external things. That's what we've learned to do through our lives. So seeing that, and again, that's acceptance holding that space and the investigation, the looking into the interest. And then, and this is what we'll be primarily doing today, actively nourishing Medita and inclining the mind to joy, phrase of the Buddhas. Inclining the mind to joy. Inclining the mind to what is wholesome, to what is okay, to what is supportive. In this moment, in this moment, in myself or in another which is a form of non-identifying. So we're widening our gaze to not just that small, that pattern, that negative emotion, whatever it is that's going on, but to what else is in the picture. We're not just that. It's not just a comparing mind. But what else is going on? And through this whole process, resting in that non-judgmental, compassionate attitude. So seeing if we can be interested, if we can investigate without judgment, and when we find ourselves judging, not judging that. <laughs> yeah, so there's always Pema Chodron, one of our favorite teachers, has this phrase of, you know, the wisdom of no escape. <laughs> there's no escape from practice. Wherever we find ourselves, we can open and we can bring that intention not to judge. So, although the traditional practice really emphasizes the cultivation for others, my personal experience and what I will 
kind of be suggesting today is to start with ourselves, just like with some of the other immeasurables, and then to expand. And I personally just find that having that familiarizing ourselves with that sense of appreciation is really important before we can expand or as we're expanding to others. And sometimes it can feel selfish. It really goes against our conditioning to kind of rejoice in our own joy, <laughs> to enjoy and to appreciate. It really goes against our conditioning. And so to also include that resistance that's coming up and to include that, yeah, that resistance, that conditioning that's coming, that's saying, no, you're getting more selfish. This is meant to be less. And to really see it as that continuation of the practice, like the metta, like the compassion, we're part of the whole. We're not different to, so we have to include ourselves in the process. There's a phrase of the Buddha that he said about loving kindness, but is applicable to all the immeasurables. He said, you could search the whole world and not find anyone more worthy of loving kindness than yourself. You could search the whole world not find anyone more worthy of loving kindness in yourself. And he said that to all of us. So just letting that resonate, if it does, within you. That deep understanding of inclusion, of, of non-separation between us. And so before we we begin the practice, just kind of one more area to kind of um, bring some attention to is that sometimes um, that idea, that concept of joy can also be interesting to explore for us, you know, joy and pleasure, joy that's dependent or has attachment in it and doesn't, you know, just to kind of explore that a little bit through the day. And Thich Nhat Hanh has a, a wonderful definition of mudita. And he says, a deeper definition, definition of mudita is a joy that is filled with peace and contentment. That lacks nothing. A rejoicing in another's happiness, but also in our own well-being. So that element of peace and contentment within that sense of joy, that sense of appreciation. And sometimes for some of us, appreciation can be a more useful word to use. So, you know, find your own sense of it and the own words that work with that. I'll just say that this is my favorite of the of the immeasurables. 
personally, and it's actually because I have an aversive personality. So it really is really useful. <laughs> it really gives me a good workout. And so I really love it, and I feel very blessed to be sharing it with you today. So let's find our posture for this practice together. And as the kind of days are flowing along, really taking time at the beginning of a meditation session to to feel into the posture, to make adjustments so that you can be really supported and still the um, stillness of the body does really support the stillness of the mind and also supports the, the stillness in the home. And if you're still experiencing a lot of discomfort in the posture and, and finding yourself needing to move a lot, then please do come and see us. We can possibly, I can't promise, but we can possibly help in a one-to-one with, with adjusting the posture. Check in with your body, check in with the posture. inviting the awareness to come into the body. body with a seat or with a floor. Just feeling the way the body rests into the cushion or the chair or the bench. Contact of legs or feet with the ground. (laughs) 
taking some time to just really let the attention and awareness settle into the body. still remaining grounded in the body, expanding the awareness to feel the breathing flowing through the body, feel the breathing happening. If you wish, you can pay more focused attention the breath as it comes in through the nose and flows through the body and then out again. Or just stay with that sense of the flow and the movement of the breathing happening anywhere, wherever in the body feels more natural to connect to that. just sitting here, feeling the body present, alive, feeling the breath flowing in and out, the 
just opening to feel if there's anything about my basic experience of body sitting, breath happening. If there's anything in this experience that is worth appreciating. Maybe there's a sense of support and steadiness in the body. Maybe that recognition of the effortlessness of the breathing happening and keeping me alive. Maybe a sense of enjoyment of the coolness of the air after some days of heat. So not trying to create a force, but just opening to our very present immediate experience. Seeing if there's anything about this moment right now. That's even just okay. All right, this moment that pain in my leg isn't there. Just opening to see, to feel, to experience. anything immediate, then just bringing to mind something about myself or about my life that I appreciate. It can be the fact that I'm relatively healthy, that I'm alive. be a certain quality in myself. Just bringing that to mind if there isn't anything that jumps out from the immediate, simple, neutral experience of being here in the whole, in this body, in this moment. just see if it's possible to breathe and rest deeper into that experience of okayness, of appreciation, of gladness, anywhere along that spectrum.
If you wish, you can use phrases as we've done with the other immeasurables. Or words. Or just this deep sense of well-being. Of resting into what is okay, what is good in our lives right now. I'll be offering some phrases and feel free to adapt, change, shorten, simplify as works for you. appreciate the joy and well-being I experience. May the joy I experience continue to grow. May I be full of joy and gladness. May I learn to appreciate the joy I experience. May the joy I experience continue to grow. May I be filled with joy and gladness. These phrases are too long, you can just do a much shorter version. May I be joyful. May I be content. May I be full of delight. And now 
gently inviting into your awareness someone who you care about a friend a family member and bring to mind something that is going well for them good example is your cat or dog at mealtime. And just let that image of this person or animal come up into your awareness. feeling that sense of joy that the person or animal are experiencing. Feeling that echo in your own heart. using the phrases to kind of set that intention, voice that intention. May the joy you experience continue and grow. May you be full of joy and gladness. May the joy you experience continue and grow. May you be full of joy and gladness.
the joy you experience. Continue and grow. May you be filled with joy and gladness. And now bringing into your awareness someone here on retreat or Gaia house. Ideally someone that you don't know. Just bringing that image to mind of that person or animal if it's one of the animals in the grounds. And bringing to mind that this person also knows joy appreciation in their life. May your joy and appreciation joy and gladness. May you be joyful. May you be content. the joy you experience continue and grow. May you be filled with joy and gladness.
joyful. And delighted. through today to just experience or an experiment that sense of widening, of opening. And kind of what I like to call this another Pema Chodron phrase on the spot practice that Caroline was referring to. So the practice doesn't need to happen just formally when we're sitting a certain way or walking a certain way, we can just open to that possibility. If we walk out and it may be that the grass is wet from the rain, just opening to appreciation for the plants, yeah, for the grass, for the trees, getting their nourishment. See someone else ahead of us in the lunch queue with their full plate. Just allowing that sense of enjoyment for someone else or someone already eating while we're at the back of the line. That's just really like an opening to and turning towards these possibilities which are really there in very simple ways, very immediate, just to really see if we can remind ourselves of that invitation and see what happens through the day, just play, playfulness also in the practice. And equally with the others, you know, there also be loving kindness or compassion that arises, that is relevant. So there's time now for some walking practice and with the walking again to let yourself do the walking practice that is nourishing. So it can be very nourishing and supportive to just do simple walking practice where you just stay with the sensations of the walking. You don't need to also generate um, an immeasurable practice at the same time. So just to give that kind of that, we got that feedback that that was confusing for some people. So it's okay to do what is really supportive, and for most of us, just walking. 
just steadying the awareness with the, with the feet on the ground and that sense of movement. If it works for you to do any of the measurables at the same time or instead of as you're walking, that's also fine. But just don't need, if it feels complicated, then simplify and rest into that grounding element that the walking practice has, grounding and connecting. <coughs> So enjoy the enjoyable. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.